Cricket teams, their victories and defeats, tournaments, player profiles, great performances, controversies. All this and more on Crick Speak with Sandeep. Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Crick Speak. I'm Sandeep, a cricket fanatic based in Bangalore, India, and this is my brand new podcast on, you guessed it right, the beautiful game of cricket. On my podcast, I'm going to be speaking with experts in the field of cricket, and on my very first episode, I have with me a very distinguished cricket journalist from ESPN, Cricket Info, Mr. Shashank Kishore. Hello, Shashank. Thank you for consenting to be a part of this uh, very first episode on Crick Speak. Thank you. Thank you, Sandeep. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Great. So, Shashank, we're in the midst of a very evenly poised series between uh, India and Australia. And uh, the hosts have beaten India by eight wickets at Adelaide. But India returning the favour by beating the beating Australia by eight wickets at uh, Melbourne. And just when we thought it couldn't get any more exciting than this, five Indian players were spotted dining at an indoor restaurant in uh, Melbourne, thereby raising suspicions of a breach of protocol. There were reports that the players were placed under isolation, but uh, uh, doubts also arose on their participation in the third test. Do you think this incident will have any uh, effect on the morale of the Indian team? Uh, I don't think so, because the players have all tested negative since, and they've all resumed training. Uh, They trained uh, in Melbourne a couple of days before they flew out to Sydney. Uh, They've been involved in training Uh sessions in Sydney. So uh, I don't think in terms of preparation, it would uh, really affect them. Uh, Whether it was a breach of uh, protocol that uh, isn't available in public domain yet, Uh, wherever you read, uh, you'll only see that it could potentially be a breach of protocol. And that is because uh, the Cricket Australia's uh, SOPs that they have uh, made in the wake of the new COVID clusters in Australia uh, hasn't been made public. So uh, we really don't know what the new protocols are. So it's all just speculation at the moment. But uh, the Indian team management has uh, stood by the players and they've told them that uh, they've told uh, to the media and elsewhere that... uh, there was uh, no breach and they are confident that uh, uh, there was no real intention to break any bubble protocol because they've all been going out and about in Australia after they completed the 14-day quarantine upon arrival. Uh, if you look at Instagram or social media of most of the players, uh, you'd see that they've all been right. going out to uh, uh, public places and uh, uh, I won't say public gatherings, but they've been out to uh, restaurants, they've been out to shops and stuff so uh, i don't right. think it's a serious uh, breach that will uh, cause the entire tour to collapse uh, the fact that we're going ahead with this mm-hmm. test match and the fact that uh, proactive action was taken immediately with all the players testing negative is a good sign so uh, i'm sure that they will now um, be doubly careful about it uh, the players have all been asked not to leave their hotels uh, in sydney and the only outing therefore uh, restricts them to just the training venue and the matches so I think uh, we're good. Uh, we're uh, back on track. Uh, it's certainly uh, uh, become a talking point of sorts in the media. It's become a talking point of sorts in press conferences. I can see a little bit of needle developing there between the Indian and Australian team. Uh, and what's an India-Australia tour without the banter, without the needle, uh, without some uh, verbal volleys? So it's nicely brewing up with the series one all. Uh, talking about uh, COVID, uh, there were uh, doubts about Sydney being able to host the third test. Um, because of the COVID situation there. But it has now been confirmed that the city will indeed host it. 
and uh, which team do you think holds the edge uh, at this venue going by history india have won just one game out of the 12 games played on this ground uh, do you think that's going to have uh, any sort of uh, uh, mental block for the indian team i think uh, all of us growing up in the 90s um, or uh, late 80s early 90s uh, we all grew up hearing this uh, that sydney is among the most uh, spinner friendly venues right. and thereby uh, the kind of it's the kind of venue that indians would really thrive in mm-hmm. uh, over the years we've seen that um, you know spin while it has played a big part sydney is also largely a good batting wicket uh, it's very unlike the uh, traditional australian wickets that you find maybe in brisbane or in perth where there's a lot of pace there's a lot of bounce there's a lot of carry so in that sense i think uh, india would love playing at the uh, sydney cricket ground i think uh, it's a venue where they've done decently well yes uh, of course we all remember that uh, infamous 2008 test match uh, at sydney uh, famously remembered for the monkey gate uh, saga but if you actually just go back uh, a couple of years uh you'd note that india were in a great position to win the test match in sydney in 2018 as well right. uh, and that would have given india a 3-1 series lead but unfortunately uh it rained on the fourth and fifth day for much of the fourth and fifth day and india were robbed of an opportunity to win the match but in whatever little play that was possible india completely had control of the game kuldeep yadav i think picked up a five wicket haul mayank agarwal got some runs cheteshwar pujara got runs So uh India have done well in Sydney on their last two tours. Uh Sydney is a good batting wicket uh and uh, it's a great opportunity for this Indian lineup without Virat Kohli to once again drive home the point that they are good enough uh you know to make the runs and deliver the goods. Uh Pujara has not scored too many runs in the series so I expect him to be really hungry and uh, make amends for the lapses. Rohit Sharma couldn't have asked for a better pitch to come in and uh, you know resume his test career after his fight with injuries so i expect it to be a good batting wicket i probably believe it will be a high first uh, innings uh, scores uh, from both sides uh, in this test match let's see how it goes interesting to note the changes that the indian team has done uh, rohit sharma obviously was expected to make it to the 11 uh they were only wondering whom he's going to replace whether he's going to replace mayank agarwal or uh, hanuma vihari in the middle order it so happened that uh, agarwal has been dropped for the uh, third test and uh, uh, do you think rahul's injury uh, is has come at an unfortunate time you know because you, you thought you could really strengthen the middle order with uh, rahul coming in place of probably hanuma vihari uh, do you think his injury is going to uh, harm the indian uh, batting lineup I think I think Rahul was more a backup opener to be honest um so I don't think Rahul's injury really uh, uh, causes an imbalance to this Indian lineup uh yes he was there in the squad uh, also because of the fact that uh, these days you know you want bigger traveling contingents uh, just because of injuries and unfortunate injuries and it's really hard for uh, you know team management to call for a replacement from home because of the quarantine factor so uh, that's one of the reasons why he was in the squad Uh, having said that i think uh, if uh, and once it was decided that rohit walks back into the team uh, you had to uh, you know leave out an opener and among shubman gill and prithvi shaw uh, uh, shubman gill and uh, mayank agarwal uh, you had to unfortunately look at mayank agarwal although i would have thought that uh, he deserved a longer rope because he's done really well for india in the last 2 uh, years uh, 
uh, third quickest Indian 2000 runs in test cricket. He's made a, a double century. He's made a century. So he's been, he was your number one opener to begin the series. And uh, two tests in and four failures later, uh, you know, leaving him out is a tad harsh. But having said that, I think the team management didn't have too many options uh, once it became clear that Rohit will come back into the eleven because Shubman Gill did really well on debut, looked very organized, looked sorted. So uh, Shubman Gill got the nod there directly. And Agarwal, unfortunately, uh, you know, had to make way for Rohit. Uh, I think uh, the problem with Agarwal was probably his technique. Uh, that's what uh, the experts felt that, you know, uh, in trying to improve his T20 game, uh, and we all saw him do really well in the IPL. Possibly there were a few uh, technical uh, deficiencies that had cropped into his test match batting. So this is a good opportunity for him to go back uh, to the drawing board, rework and, and you know, get fresh. Because there's a lot of test cricket coming up. Uh, once India are back from Australia uh, after the 20th of January, uh, they have a two-week break. And then they play five test matches at home against England. There's the IPL. Then India go to England for five test matches. Then there's a busy home summer. So there's a lot of cricket coming up. And Agarwal shouldn't really be disheartened. I think it's a great opportunity for him to uh, get himself uh, some uh, break from the game. Uh, focus on uh, working his way back up. And I'm sure he's good enough to still be in the squad. So uh, that covers Agarwal. Uh, as per Hanuma Vihari, I think uh, Vihari has done really well in first class cricket. But unfortunately... Uh, his numbers haven't translated into success uh, at the international level so far. He still averages in the mid-30s. He's got um, a couple of centuries. Uh, one century, I think. He he got a 50 in tough conditions in New Zealand. So he's done all the hard, uh, hard things. He's put in the hard yards. He gets off to these starts, gets these uh, tough 20s and 30s, but he hasn't been able to convert them. So I'm glad that he's got another opportunity to prove himself. Uh, potentially, I see him also playing the next test match. So, two big opportunities for him to consolidate himself in this middle order. Uh, he doesn't play in the IPL. He doesn't play one-day cricket. So, he's a one-format player. And with one-format players who've got the ability, you've got to just be a little more, uh, you know, got to give them a little more time. So, I'm glad that they've given him the time. And uh, I believe that it's just a matter of time before Vihari uh, delivers. So, uh, it's tough on Agarwal, but uh, happy that Vihari also has got the nod. What do you think about Natarajan? Do you uh, were you expecting Natarajan to make it to the playing eleven uh, ahead of Saini? Was Saini a little bit of a surprise? Natarajan's a fabulous story, really. Someone who really started playing tennis ball cricket at the age of twenty uh, to you know ten years later having played one day cricket and T Twenty cricket for India. Uh, I don't even think in his wildest dreams uh, he would have imagined this would be a possibility even say six months ago. But uh, that's the magic of the uh, IPL that he got into the. Uh, T20 squad because of an injury to Varun Chakravarti. He got into the one-day squad because of an injury to someone else. And now here he is in the test squad. But uh, going by the original squad chosen, uh, there is a reason why the team management and the selectors believed uh, in Navdeep Saini. He was picked ahead uh, in, of uh, Natarajan and Shardul Thakur, the other reserve bowler in the squad. Uh, so it's only fair that once uh, someone else uh, got injured, and in this case Umesh Yadav, you picked the original uh, backup pacer to, you know, uh, give him a debut here. So, it's a well-earned debut for Navdeep Saini. Uh, he's done decently well for India A uh, over the last couple of years. He's played about 15 or 16 matches for India A. Uh, and he's done really well for Delhi as well. So, I think it's a good opportunity for him. Uh, he's got pace. He's got bounce. 
he needs to work a little bit on his consistency but i think he uh, he is in good hands uh, under bharat arun the bowling coach so uh, he looks good and uh, natrajan may just have to wait for his opportunity in test cricket uh, i don't know when that will be because uh, once india come back uh, home to play england uh, there's a more than likely possibility that they will only go in with two fast bowlers and uh, that automatically rules natrajan out of uh, the starting 11 um, because you will definitely have jaspreet bumrah and possibly ishan sharma fit uh, probably mohammad shami will be fit so there's going to be a huge tussle there so natrajan uh, it's a fairy tale uh, but i don't see him playing test cricket at least uh, for the moment uh, so he'll have to wait for his opportunities right and uh, do you think india missed a trick here by not playing a third spinner for this test match you know spin friendly track you need to play for with your strengths uh, why would you have three pacers uh, on a track that's going to aid spinners you might as well have uh, kuldeep who's also got a fifer on this venue the last time he played here do you think uh, that uh, playing three spinners and a couple of pacers would have been a better ploy on this track i think for starters it's been raining in sydney is what we hear um, and they've only had 3 days to prepare this wicket so it's got a tinge of green so that's automatically going to rule out the possibility of three spinners anyway and i don't think the indian team management is uh, inclined towards the three spinner theory these days uh, any which way even if it's a rank turner uh, so i don't think uh, that would have really even been a consideration for them uh they were probably looking at three paces uh, irrespective of the nature of the track because they believe that ashwin and jadeja are good enough to play the role of uh, the spin twins and also uh, what happens is when you play three spinners invariably uh, one spinner is always underbold uh the same goes with uh, when you play four paces invariably you'll have one bowler who's all, all, always underbold so uh given the way ashwin has bowled in the series so far he's held one end up he's picked up wickets and uh, given the way jadeja uh complements him superbly uh, i think uh, there wouldn't have been a possibility for india to play another spin uh, spinner in kuldeep and also kuldeep hasn't played much competitive cricket lately you know he wasn't even uh, picked in the kkr's first 11 he largely had to sit out there uh, he came into australia didn't uh, play too many of the limited overs games Uh, he's just played those uh, one warm up game before the test series so he's really been short of match experience short of confidence uh, and he's not really the bowler that he was even 2 years ago i remember after the sydney test in uh, 2018 uh, ravi shastri made a bold statement uh, saying that kuldeep yadav is our number one spinner overseas uh, and uh, ever since he made that statement uh kuldeep yadav has just gone uh, downhill from there uh, his career hasn't been the same he's lost his place in the limited overs team uh, he's largely had to warm the bench and, and and just looking at him bowl uh, i think he's just lost a bit of confidence lost a bit of fizz uh, and uh, i think he really needs to find his way back rediscover himself uh, once again to uh, break into the indian squad so uh, to answer your question no i don't think three spinners would have ever been a consideration uh they would have always gone with uh, three pacers and two spinners given the way uh, ashwin and jadeja have gone so far great we're coming to the end of the show uh, one quick question before uh, we wind up who's your bet on india or australia at sydney i think i think india hold the upper hand for sure uh it's uh, it's a great opportunity for them to go to one up uh, and having said that uh, australia wouldn't have asked for a uh you know better time to have uh, david warner back uh, they've missed him solely at the top of the order 
Uh, he brings uh, the kind of dynamics that most modern day teams miss these days. He can score quickly. He can pounce on the loose deliveries. He can take the game away from the opponents in one particular spell. So one erratic spell from one of the fast bowlers and he'd quickly be on 30 or 40 not or he drives the game forward. Uh, and he's got that presence around him. He's that impact cricketer. He's an X-factor cricketer. So uh, David Warner brings a lot to the table for Australia. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's coming back into this game from an injury. He's been batting well in the nets. So I think they will really welcome his um, inclusion. Uh, so David Warner adds a lot to this Australian team. The bowling attack is a gun attack. Mitchell Stark, Josh, uh, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins. Uh, so I think um, it'll depend on the toss. Uh, toss will play a big role. I, I just personally believe uh, we'll have two big first inning scores here uh, purely because of the conditions, but I may be proved wrong. Uh, having said that, I'm backing India to go uh, 2-1 up here uh, at the Sydney Cricket right. Ground. I hope uh, the Indian team uh, does come good in the third test and uh, go one up, which uh, could uh, literally mean that Australia will be desperate to save their skins in the last test uh, at uh, Brisbane. Thank you very much uh, for joining Quick uh, uh, Speak. Shashank, it was great speaking with you. And uh, we'll do more of this uh, going forward, right? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Sandeep. It was good fun.